Hey everybody, this is Gene Marks. The new stimulus bill has finally passed. We've got a lot of stimulus that small businesses have access to. So today I'm gonna to talk to Andy Gargana, who's a compliance analyst at Paychex. Andy specializes in the tax credits around the stimulus. Uh, and this conversation is basically, this is a cumulative catch up as we speak. This is everything that's available to you by way of tax credits and in many cases, refundable tax credits for your business. So we're going to talk about the employee retention tax credit. We're going to be talking about the Families First Coronavirus Response Act tax credit for your business, and also a new credit related to COBRA insurance payments as well. This is money that you can put into the bank uh, because these tax credits are very, very valuable, and they will be expiring sometime this year. Um, so Andy, let me turn to you first and, and let's talk about the employee retention tax credit. So tell us what we need to know. What is this? Sure. Thanks for having me on again, Gene. Um, seems like we're, we're talking quite frequently with all these stimulus packages. I don't know. It's probably not a good thing, but I'm, yeah. I'm happy to speak with you. Well, <laughs> I'm hopeful this will be the last one and we'll recover sufficiently. So another one won't be necessary, but I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, so retention credit, um, we've seen quite a lot of changes to this since it was first enacted back in April of 2020 with the CARES Act. Um, most recently uh, in December, when the Consolidated Appropriations Act passed, uh, ex not only extended the credit through June 30th of 2021, it was originally supposed to expire uh, December 31st of 2020. So it extended it out another six months. It also changed uh, some of the percentages um, as far as how much of wages, employees' wages were eligible for the credit. It was 50% in 2020. They changed that in 2021 to be 70%. And also in 2020, uh, the amount of wages per employee that were subject was $10,000 for the whole entire year. Uh, with the Consolidated Appropriations Act, they changed that to be $10,000 for the first two quarters of 2021. So essentially, uh, for 2021, now an employer could get up to $14,000 uh, in credit for their employees over the first two quarters of 2021. The one other major change um, was the employee limit for delineating how much of your wages were eligible. Um, what it was before is if you had 100 or fewer employees, all of your wages could be eligible for the credit that you paid to your employees. Whereas anyone over 100, it was only those employees who were not providing services at the time. With the Consolidated Appropriations Act, they upped that number to 500. So more employers would get more credit um, for 2021. So now <laughs> we're going to change it again. Um, the American Rescue Plan, uh, we'll call it ARPA for short. That seems to be the acronym I'm seeing out there um, when everyone's calling it, which is, I believe, being voted on as we're speaking. So it should be signed into law very shortly. Um, this extends the retention credit even further. Uh, so now it's going to be extended from, it was supposed to expire June 30th. Uh, now it's extended all the way through the end of the year, uh, expiring on 12-31 of 2021. So they didn't change, as I've seen so far, um, they have not changed the credit percentage uh, as far as how many wage, how much wages are eligible. It's still the 70% uh, of the employee's wages are eligible for the credit. So they haven't changed that. Um, the one thing that it looks like they changed is now the credit is going to be applicable against Medicare tax. It was previously 
previously applicable against the social security for the employer. And it looks like now they change that to be Medicare. Only Medicare or social security and Medicare? Um, it looks like only Medicare, but we're still waiting for more information to get a clarification. Um, the problem's going to be, and as we've seen with the future or with the past bills, um, the bills say one thing, and then it's up to IRS to interpret that and come out with guidance. And who knows what they're going to do when they come out with that guidance. Um, they've, they've done some funny things in the past year. <laughs> so we're still waiting for more information on that, but it is something to be aware of. Um, so it looks like it'll change. Definitely, I'm thinking we're going to have a change to the 941. Um, the good news with that is that's not going to be effective until July 1st because um, the current model they have in place, which was put in place by the Consolidated Appropriations Act, that doesn't end until June 30th. So all of these changes are going to be effective beginning July 1st through the end of the year. Got it. And what about what about if you want the employee retention tax credit and you also are getting a, a paycheck protection program loan? Yeah, that was one of the big things with the Consolidated Appropriations Act. Um, if you'll note back the CARES Act, that was an honor. If you got a PPP loan, you were not able to get the retention credit. Um, that changed with the Consolidated Appropriations Act. Um, important to note is you can't take both of them on the same wages. Um, you can take both of them now, but you cannot use the same wages um, for PPP and employee retention credit. It has to be different wages um, in order to qualify for the credit. Um, that's still going to be in place for the extension we're talking about in the American Rescue Plan. Um, and just as a side note, uh, IRS did finally come out with guidance, uh, I believe it was early last week, on how to claim those credits retroactive. Um, if you remember, the Consolidated Appropriations Act made it so that anyone who did receive a PPP loan uh, in 2020 um, could now go back and claim the retention whereas obviously due to the CARES Act, they weren't able to do that. Um, now that they can, uh, they have to go back. And actually the only way to do that is to file a 941X and go back and retroactively claim the credit for each quarter on uh, which they qualify for it. So a lot of, a lot of paperwork <laughs> to go back and get those, but it's, you're talking about probably some pretty good sums of money for businesses who really need it. So definitely be worth it. Yeah, I agree. And obviously, this is a, it's a refundable credit. So, you know, if you're listening to this, that means that, you know, whatever your credit calculation is, you're taking it against your employer's portion of FICA for now. And we're, we'll determine if it's just Medicare for the second half of the year, that more information on that to come. But if your credit is bigger than, you know, what your taxes are that's owed, you get the money back as a refund. You know, thinking about it, Andy, like if they change it to just be Medicare tax, which is a lot lower than FICA, the refundable port, that would be a benefit because the calculation, you know, would be well in excess of, you know, because Medicare is a smaller percentage. So it would be like more cash back to employers. So that could, it could be a big deal, but I bet you it's not. I bet you when the IRS clarifies it, it's going to be FICA and Medicare, but well, I guess we'll see, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That's an interesting point. Um, yeah. The, I mean, the other point to go along with that is, with the way those credits work, you can take them against your payroll taxes. So you could reduce uh, your, your deposits throughout the quarter. Whereas if it's Medicare, it's going to be a smaller amount to reduce and it's going to take you longer to actually claim that full credit throughout the quarter. So yeah, that, yeah. it'll be very interesting to see what IRS comes back with and how they want to handle it. So 
One final, one final big thing before we leave for the employee retention tax credit, and I will sum this up, but um, you know, just to make sure, th this is not available to all businesses, right? You have to show that you've been impacted by COVID, correct? Correct. Yeah, you, there's there's two criteria, um, and I believe I said this in past podcasts when we've talked. I encourage everyone to go out to the IRS website and view the FAQ pages. Um, they have a lot of good information. Um, we can give you general information here, but there's a lot of specifics they dive into and they have examples out there. So anyone who still has questions after this, I would definitely encourage you to go out there, check it out. Um, you should be able to find what you're looking for there. Um, but yeah, it, it it's not all businesses. Um, there's two criteria. You have to have either a forced shutdown due to a government order or you see a decline in receipts um, from a past previous years, like the same quarter in the previous year. Uh, and if you hit one of those two milestones, then yes, you would qualify for the retention credit. Got it. Okay. So let me recap before we just move on. It's the employee retention tax credit. It's been extended now for all the quarters through the end of 2021. So this is going to go on for the year. Um, not all businesses are qualified. You really have to show that you've been either partially or fully shut down by the government or suffered, a, I think it's a 20% decline in receipts uh, compared, you know, quarter to the same quarter in the prior year. The credit itself can be up to $7,000 per employee per quarter. Um, it, you take it against your, your 941 return. You take it against the payroll taxes that you're paying in. We still have a question as to whether or not that includes both FICA and Medicare or just Medicare in the second half of the year. Um, and you can also go back and adjust 2020 if you think you were owed this credit back then you can adjust your 941 returns and go back and get it it is a complicated calculation but i'm but i'm telling you right andy i mean it could be like big cash for a business so it is worth the time to do this talk to your accountant or to your payroll company i know paychex is offering special services uh to help calculate the employee retention tax credit um it's something that every business owner should be looking into is that a fair statement Yep. Yeah. We can, we can handle that for them. So if they, if they need assistance, yep, definitely. Next issue, next credit that we'll talk about is a little less complicated and it has to do with the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. Um, so Andy, tell us what we need to know about that tax credit. Yep. That, that one's, <laughs> that one's been around too, since uh, 2020. Um, it was originally set to expire uh, December 31st and the, uh, Consolidated Appropriations Act extended that out through March 31st. Um, so now the American Rescue Plan is going to extend that further. Uh, so now you're going to be able to take the credits uh, until September 30th, 2021. So a few items to note with that one. Um, when it was extended by the Consolidated Appropriations Act, um, actually, let me back up just a little bit with the way the, the paid sick leave works employees were eligible for 10 days um, and they could have up to, I believe it was 51, 10, don't quote me on that number because I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head, but it was a, that was their total amount of leave that they could uh, be paid and the employer could get a credit for. Once they use those 10 days, that's it. You don't get any more. Um, and that was extended through 331. So if they didn't use all 10 um, by the December 31st deadline, they still had a couple left. They could conceivably use them in first quarter up to 331. And then once you hit your 10 day limit, then that was it. You didn't get any more credit. Well, with this extension, which is 
in effect from April 1st on to September 31st, or 31st, September 30th of 2021, uh, IRS basically reset that. So beginning April 1st, you have a fresh 10 days, for example, that you can use for leave. So if you used all of your 10 days, you used all of your paid sick leave um, in 2020, well, now they're giving you an opportunity. If I mean, hopefully you don't need it, you don't get sick again. But if for some reason your employee's out again, um, they, they got sick again after April 1st and they needed to take another 10 days of leave, they would be able to IRS basically reset the counter on that. So you can start over as of April 1st. And let me let me jump in here and just say, so that, you know, this Relief Act right now, um, I don't believe it's required for employers in 2021. Is that is that correct? I know it was it's voluntary, correct? That's correct. Um, we haven't seen anything in the new legislation yet that would reinstate the, the mandate for that, if you will. Um, it, it was in the Consolidation Pro- Consolidated Appropriations Act. Well, that, these are all a mouthful to say. <laughs> <laughs> these are a lot of words that we're talking yeah. here. But um, in the, I, I call it because I call it the December stimulus. <laughs> yeah, I like that even better. We'll call it right. that from now on. Um, but yeah, when they extended that out through uh, March 31st, they extended the, the credit, but not the mandate. So an employer is not mandated to provide it. But if they did, they would be eligible to take the credits on it. And as from what we've seen so far, um, it looks like that's going to be the case um, from April 1st through September 30th. Right. So the bottom line is the bottom line is if you're an employer, um, you know, it, you can voluntarily continue to abide by the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, which means you can give employees time off if they need to take because they or their family members have been impacted by COVID. And by the way, that includes kids learning from home, uh, you know, and they, you know, the parent has to stay home. And I'm pretty sure you can, you know, you can, you can check on this, but I'm advising my clients. So this is Gene Marks talking, not paychecks, um, that if you give your employees time off to get even a vaccination shot, um, that is, you know, that that's time off that's related to uh, COVID. And, uh, you know, and, you know, that may may very well be included in the calculation that you do to calculate this credit. Um, so, you know, it, and the credit, Andy, is designed to really reimburse you for the employee's wages, correct? Correct. And just to back up to what you just said, uh-huh. um, with the vaccination, that's actually included in the legislation as another valid reason that you could provide leave. Um, so if one ah. of your employees goes to get vaccinated, and I mean, we've all seen the story, some people have reactions to it. So say I, they got vaccinated and they didn't feel well for a couple of days after, that would actually qualify as paid sick leave now. Got it. And that, so that, that's a huge help. That really is. And, um, and so the calculation then would reimburse you for the time they, they spent out and you're going to, and you do this calculation, Andy, on your 941 return as well? Correct. Okay. Yeah, it works. It works similar to the, the retention credit, whereas you can apply it against deposits um, to reduce your liability. And then that's all reported on the 941. And then if you have any access, you can get a refund at the end of the quarter. Beautiful. All right. Well, that's great. Okay. So we've talked about the employee retention tax credit. We've talked about the Families First Coronavirus, Coronavirus Response Act tax credit. The final credit is actually new, right? This has to do with COBRA. So tell us about that. Yeah, this, this one is brand new. Um, and I've been around long enough and I think you have too, uh, back in 2009, and I forget the name of the, the law, but there was a, a COBRA credit enacted um, back in 2009, which turned out it was reported on the 941. Um, again, we're still waiting to see how IRS is going to interpret this. Mm-hmm. Our assumption is that it's gonna be handled similarly. Um, 
what it is, just a basic, because I am in no way, shape, or form an expert on Cobra. I know the basics on it. Okay. I can tell you what the what the tax credit piece that we're seeing. I'm not. Uh, I'm just. I'm not an expert in it either. I saw Cobra Kai on Netflix, and it was excellent. It's a great that, show. Yes, me too. Yeah. yeah so that, um, that that pretty much extends my level of expertise to Cobra, but. <laughs> Let's at least try to share what we what we do know. Sure. Um, what what this new credit is going to provide is a hundred percent subsidy um, for individuals who are receiving Cobra. So, for example, uh, I'm an employer, and one of my employees goes out and receives Cobra coverage. Um, and this, let me back up just a second. This is only in effect from April first, twenty twenty one, through September thirtieth, twenty twenty one. Okay. So six month period here where they're going to offer this credit. So I'm, my employee goes out and they receive COBRA, um, so they get $5,000. Um, as an employer, I'm eligible to take a tax credit on that money. They, they're providing 100% subsidy of that, so I can get a tax credit for $5,000 for that so, COBRA. And let me see if, I, if this makes sense um, to you. So I'm an employee. Um, I can't, I guess I'm, I'm on leave. I'm on you know, medical leave. So um, you know, I, I, my, my health insurance... I can still receive it under COBRA. Um, if an employer pays for that health insurance, they can get 100% subsidy in the form of a tax credit for paying for the employee's COBRA. Is that, does that make sense? Yep, yeah, that's correct. That's how we understand it, yep. Got it. And do you know, is this a tax credit that an employer takes on, again on their 941s or if they're gonna be taking it you know, at the end of the year? Do you remember how it worked in 2009? Yeah. It was on the 941 in 2009, but that's the million dollar question now is what IRS is going to do with this. Um, right. We're, I mean, like I said, our assumption is they might try and do something similar to what they did back in 2009, which it was reported. There was a special line on the 941 for reporting the COBRA credit. So we're, we're, we're going under the assumption right now that they're going to do something similar for this. But again, until IRS releases any guidance on this one, we're, Kind of shooting in the dark right now <laughs> got it okay no that's fine that's really that's completely fine okay so andy this is great information and guys i know there's a lot of information as well um so you know i'm gonna you know you know, we're gonna do our best to put some links maybe to these uh to to the key things on the irs site um on our show notes um and obviously you know people if you have questions about the employee retention tax credit the Families First Coronavirus Response Act tax credit or the COBRA tax credit, um, first of all, you can email me at gene at marksgroup.net um, or you can leave a comment. We check on them and we will respond to your questions because I know that this is really, um, really a big thing. Well, Andy, as usual, a fantastic help and great information and I appreciate the time that you have spent. Everybody, I've been speaking to Andy Gargana. He is a compliance analyst at Paychex, uh, knows everything you need to know about the employee retention tax credit, the Families First Coronavirus Relief Response Act tax credit, the COBRA tax credit. Uh, great information, Andy. Thank you very much for joining us. And if you need more information and help and advice in running your small business, by all means, please visit us at paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. My name is Gene Marks. You've been listening to the Paychex Business Series podcast. We've got lots more to talk about in future segments, and we look forward to you coming back and joining us. Take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.